Revelation chapter number six and verse number nine. The Bible says, and when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Father, I pray this morning you'll bless the reading of thy word. I ask you, God, to speak to us and speak through us this morning. God, help us to receive with meekness the engrafted word. Lord, I pray that we would see no man save Jesus only this morning, that you might hide us behind the shadows of the cross, and may you be glorified and magnified, and may the church be edified. I pray, Father, this morning that you would save that sinner that is lost without God this morning. Lord, truly, I pray that our hearts will be challenged May you be pleased with our worship. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to preach a few minutes this morning out of verse number 9 and verse number 10 on this thought, on the blood of the martyrs. The blood of the martyrs. The Bible says in verse number 9 that John said when the fifth seal was opened, he said, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain. And then the Bible said in verse number 10 that as those souls cried out, they said, how long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and notice this and avenge our blood? I'm preaching on that subject, the blood of the martyrs. When you think about this morning uh, where these martyrs are at and what they represent, uh, we know that we are dealing with the tribulation period in Bible prophecy uh, in the last days. And the question that comes to my mind is simply this, is where does the blood of these martyrs play a role? Not just in Bible prophecy, but even in the day that we live in. When you consider where they're at this morning, it is not the dispensation of grace, but grace is now over with. And as the Bible says in verse number 17, for the great day of his wrath is come. This morning, you and I that are saved, we ought to be serious about our Christian life. And those of you that are lost this morning, you ought to get saved this morning before it's everlasting and eternally too late. As we look at these seals here in the word of God, we come to this fifth seal this morning. And there's three things I want you to get a hold of this morning concerning the blood of these martyrs. Number one, I want you to see their place in verse number nine. As the Bible says that when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which he held. John sees, first of all, he sees their souls. He said, I saw. He said, the so under the altar, the souls of them. He talks about their souls this morning. When you think about their soul, uh, the Bible is talking about the individual. Stephen used the same word when he was talking about the individuals. He talked about their soul. David referred to man as his soul. He's not just talking about that part of man, but he's talking about man as an individual. John sees the souls. You know, when I read that, I thought to myself, we that are saved this morning, we're not a statistic in heaven, amen? We are, God works on an individual basis, amen? And my friend, God loves us as individuals. He counts us as individuals. He wants to do an individual work in all of our life. He has an individual plan for every one of us, just as he has 
had a plan for them. John saw the souls of these martyrs. Amen. I wish this morning that when you and I leave the building that we would not see someone as a hippie. We would not see someone as a prostitute. We would not see someone as just a religious person, maybe as a Mormon or a Muslim or a Catholic. I wish we could look past them and not see them as a bum or not see them as some banker this morning, not be impressed or depressed by who they are, but may we see them as a soul. Amen. The Bible, the songwriter talks about where the soul never dies. Amen. And God has made man a triune being. He has a soul and when he leaves this world, he's going to heaven or he's going to hell. And so John sees their souls and then John sees their sacrifice. Notice the Bible said that I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain. Amen. He sees their sacrifice that they were slain. The Bible said he saw them under that altar in Leviticus chapter four and verse number 25 and in Exodus chapter number 19 the Bible talks about that when that sacrifice in the Old Testament was placed upon the altar that sacrifice was slain and that blood was poured out under that altar because of the, for that sacrifice that was given and these uh, he sees them under the altar that's their place uh, they paid the ultimate sacrifice uh, they've not given some but they've given all amen just like someone sacrifices themselves uh, for their country they have sacrificed themselves for the cause of Christ uh, for the gospel amen and I want to say this morning that is the ultimate sacrifice he sees their soul. He, see their, he sees their sacrifice. Let me just say this before I move on. Christian living is all about giving. Somebody say amen. It's not about receiving. In church, there are givers and there are takers, but I don't want to be a taker to you. In other words, I don't want to go to the church for to see what I can get out of the church. Somebody say amen. You know, some people just go to church, see if they can benefit, if they can profit from the church in some way, shape, form, or fashion. I'm not here this morning because of what I can get, although I do get something, but I'm here for what I can give, aren't you? It's not all about me, and it's not all about self this morning, but it's what we can put in, amen? Isn't it amazing how some people will go to church and they'll complain about the offerings, and I've never heard that here, and I thank God for it. Never one time have I heard anybody complain about taking up an offering for a missionary, an evangelist, or, or for some preacher that has passed through or maybe helping someone along the way. And I think that's one reason why God has blessed us, amen? But you mark it down. Them people that are complaining, somebody say amen right here, they're not giving, amen? Brother, I'm telling you, living for Jesus is about sacrificing our time, our treasures, our, our talents, our, our whole life, amen? Giving it for the cause, as we so rightfully heard this morning. And he sees their place, he sees their souls, he sees their sacrifice, but then he sees their service, amen? Notice why they have given their life. The Bible said in verse number 10, it was for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Now these are future martyrs, amen. These are martyrs during the tribulation period. These are those uh, that would not bow to the Antichrist. 
These are those that would not give in to the deception, that would not take the mark of the beast, uh, that would not follow his pathway. They paid the ultimate sacrifice. Why? For the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Do you know this morning, you, you and I cannot put a price tag on our testimony, amen? I'm telling you, friend, listen, you can have treasures uh, and you can lose them and you can get more treasures, amen? But if you lose your testimony, you can never get that testimony back. Do you realize that? I'm telling you, friend, listen, I know there's grace and I know God will forgive and cleanse but if you got a good testimony you better hang on to it this morning you better live for God you better give God your best a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches amen I'm here to tell you these in verse number nine they've got a good name they paid the ultimate price they've served God they give their best and their service is not for themselves but it's for the word of God and for the testimony which they held I want to say this morning we ought to serve God because we've been given a book this morning. We ought to serve God because we've been given orders. Amen. Service uh, is not about success. Uh, it's not about blessings. Uh, it's not about recognition. It's not about name. It's not about fame. Uh, it's not about trophies. It's not about accolades. Uh, it's not about titles this morning. It's not about pats on the back. Uh, it's not about prosperity. But serving uh, is serving for the cause uh, of what is right. Amen for the word of God and the testimony. Don't you want to do what's right in these last days? I'm telling you, we're living in a time when it's separating the men from the boys, friend, and the way is going to get more narrow the further we go, and there's a lot of people we're going to find out in days to come who's in it for what's right and who's in it for what they can get out of this thing because things are not going to get easier. The pressure's going to get turned up. I'm telling you, friend, I want to stay with a book in these days. Amen. I want to stay with the Bible, don't you? I don't want to compromise. I don't want to give in. I want to stay with the right testimony. I don't want to sell out to this world. I want to sell out to myself or sell out to a dollar friend. Let's stay, let's stay the course. Let's stay for what's right. That's what these martyrs did. They stayed the course. And when the going got rough, guess what? They kept on going, amen. Anybody can shout in this crowd, Amen. I'm telling you, when you go to work on Monday morning, amen, it'll tell what you're made of. Anybody can shout in church, but I'm telling you, and you ought to shout in church, don't quit shouting, amen. We like shouting around here. Somebody say amen to that. I'm telling you, friend, uh, listen, it's not what we say and what we do here. It's what we're gonna do out there. It's what's gonna happen. Uh, my friend, when our faith uh, is put to the test, uh, will we stand? I see their place, John. He notices their souls, their sacrifice, uh, and their service. But secondly, not only do we see their place, but notice their prayer, amen? Verse number 10 says, and they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth. Now you can learn a lot about someone by how they pray and if they pray. Amen. You see, we're not a very good Christian if we don't spend time in prayer. Somebody say amen. Notice I said we. We are not a very good Christian if we don't spend time in prayer. You can live right, do right, spit white, and y'all do every bit of that. But if you don't have a prayer life, amen then we're not living the Christian life. I'm telling you, we cannot serve God in the energy of our flesh. It must come through prayer this morning.
What I find out about these saints is that even though they're in a better land, even though they're in a heavenly scene, they've not stopped praying, amen? They've still got a prayer on their lips. Do you know a true child of God never never gets a, a prayer off of their lips, amen? Somebody said there wouldn't be no preaching in heaven. I don't know if that's true, amen? Because they're still praying in heaven. So if there's praying in heaven, there's probably still some preaching in heaven, amen? You say, what are you gonna preach when you get to heaven? I'm gonna preach Jesus, amen? That's what, I'm, that's what I've been preaching all these years and so I'm just gonna keep on preaching him. Only difference is I'll be able to preach it in a glorified body, amen? I'm telling you, but here these saints, they are praying and what I notice about their praying is that their prayers reveal their tears, amen? The Bible said they cried with a loud voice. When's the last time we shed tears in prayer? When's the last time we wept over anything, not just our problems, not just our burdens. The Bible said in Galatians chapter number six and verse number two that we're to bear one another's burdens, but in verse number five it said every man shall bear his own burden. We are to bear the burdens of others, but we are to bear our own burdens. Life is not without its burdens, amen. We're gonna have burdens in life, but we can't get the me syndrome and always be thinking about ourselves. Uh, life isn't about self this morning. This text certainly proves that. They love not their life unto death. I'm saying this morning that there ought to be some tears in our prayers this morning. At the altars ought to be stained once again with the tears of the saints of God. In many of our churches, our tear ducts have dried up. If you want to know why people don't shout like they used to, it's because they don't weep like they used to. Amen. I wouldn't give you a nickel for somebody's shout that don't ever shed a tear. Somebody say amen. Brother, I'm saying this morning that there ought to be some tears on the altar. There ought to be tears, some tears down at the house. There ought to be a place of prayer somewhere where we weep and cry for souls that are dying and going to hell without God. We ought to have a fresh burden for family and friends and loved ones. I'm talking about they're crying. They're crying out there some tears in their prayers, amen. Not only does it reveal their, their tears, but this, their prayer reveals their time. You say, what do you mean, preacher, their time? They're not living in the grace dispensation. We know that, but the Bible says in verse number 10, look at their prayer, how long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? You know what they're doing here? They are praying like David did in the Old Testament. There's a difference between Old Testament praying and New Testament praying. It's that grace dispensation. Jesus taught us that when we pray, we ought to pray and forgive those who have wrongfully trespassed against us. We ought to pray for forgiveness and, and we're to show mercy, we're to show grace, we're to turn the other cheek, isn't that right? But they didn't do that in the Old Testament. If you look at the prayers of David in the Psalms and the other prayers that was prayed, they prayed for God to kill that crowd. They prayed for God to take that crowd down. They didn't pray for grace, they prayed for vengeance, amen? They prayed for God to, 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 uh, to make his name righteous and known among, among the heathen. That's the prayers of these martyrs here. You say, well, preacher, what's the big deal about that? If you're lost this morning, you, pay, you should pay close attention to that because, my friend, there's not even grains on the lips of those that are praying in heaven. What that means is, is that when the church is raptured out and the church is gone, there's gonna be a time of, of trouble poured out upon this earth. God's wrath is gonna be poured, poured out. Mercy and grace will flow 
flee away. And if you're here this morning and you're lost uh, and you think that when the rapture takes place, uh, you're gonna find some measure of mercy or some form of grace somewhere, uh, friend, you will have waited too late, amen? Because it will be nothing but God's vengeance uh, that's gonna be poured out on this earth uh, and these martyrs know that and they're saying, Lord, how long before you avenge our blood? Shows not only their tears and their time, but it shows their tribulation. They talked about their own blood. Brother, there's not a higher price than you and I can pay than to give our blood. Amen. We'll be celebrating the birth of our nation here in these upcoming days. And I want to say this morning, I thank God for America. Can I get a witness? Brother, I have no, uh, I pray for these people, but I don't have any use for anybody to burn a flag. Somebody say amen. Amen. Brother, thank God for the red, white, and blue. And if it don't make you mad, I doubt your patriotism. Amen. Too much blood was shed. Too many mamas told their sons and their husbands goodbye for us to have the freedom and the liberty. And that's the problem with this generation is they've come up in America that hasn't cost them anything. They haven't built nothing. They've not paid for nothing. And they think the whole world owes them something because of that. And I'll tell you the only reason we have the liberty we have today is because the blood that was shed so that we could enjoy that. And as much as we get riled up about America right now, we ought to be that right more more riled up about the word of God because blood was shed so that you could have a Bible and blood was shed so that you could put the name church on that sign out there. I want to say thank God I'm a Baptist. Thank God I own a King James Bible. Thank God I'm a part of the church. I'm not a part of the tabernacle. I'm not a part of a fellowship. I'm not a part of a worship center. I say thank God for the church and the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Amen. It ought to shame us this morning. And I'm not here to shame us. I'm preaching to myself as much as anybody. But it ought to shame us this morning. And how much they gave for us to have a book. And I shudder to even ask how many people would be sitting here this morning that's not even read it this week. You know, you would think if people gave their life so you could have a Bible. If you're saved, surely you could read your Bible. So, old preacher, but I'm so tired when I sit down. I think tiredness, physical tiredness, would not even compare to somebody getting their head cut off so we could have a Bible. Amen. Well, preacher, if I read my Bible before I go to work, do you realize what time I'd have to get up in the morning? No comparison to people being burned at the stake this morning. So weakest generation, I'm preaching somewhat of the same sermon, but it's in the text. I'm just moving along in this text as God would lead me, but somewhat the same. I read it this morning and I thought to myself, going down the same vein I went down last Sunday. You know what that means? It's not repetition, just for repetition. It means the Holy Spirit's trying to tell us something, amen? He's trying to get our attention this morning and telling us we need to pay more of a price for living for God, amen? If we won't live for God, there's no way we would die for him, amen? He's not called us to die for him right now. He's called us to live for him. And when I see the prayers of these martyrs, I think about their tribulation. They're gonna withstand the tribulation period. They're gonna withstand, my friend, the Antichrist, and they're gonna be persecuted. They're gonna be tortured, and they're gonna give their life for the cause. If they would give their life for the cause, surely we could give our time this morning. Surely we could give our 
treasures this morning. I see their prayer. I see their place. And then I close this morning. I see their promotion. You know, God doesn't leave anybody behind, does he? When you come to verse number 11, the Bible says, And white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season unto their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. They cry out to God in verse number 10. They're asking for vengeance and vengeance will come. The wheels of God's judgment, you've heard it said many times, they grind slow sometimes, but they do grind. And when you think about this promotion this morning, we see their robes. They were given white robes. White robes in the Bible represents honor. And they were honored for their faith. They were honored for their dedication. They were honored. You know, the Bible says to give honor where honor is due. I think even in a church, we should honor those that have been faithful. Amen? And we're not honoring those that have been successful. We're honoring those that have been faithful. I, I think sometimes uh, in this society, people get that mixed up. Success and faithfulness. Listen, only God knows what true success is, and in the eyes of God, the measuring stick is not how successful we've been, it's how faithful we have been. They're given robes. We see not only their robes, but we see their rest. God, he gives them rest, he said, for a little season. They're given a time to pull apart and to rest, as it is with all of us. I thought about when I read that text, how that on the seventh day of creation, God rested. I think sometimes we have to take a season of rest. Now, that doesn't mean sleep till two o'clock in the afternoon. Somebody say amen. That doesn't mean be lazy. God will never bless a lazy Christian, isn't that right? If you won't work for God, you'll never be blessed by God. Somebody say amen. He's not gonna do for us what we can do ourselves, amen? There's some prayers that are not realistic prayers because there's no need to pray about things that we can handle and do ourselves. But when things are beyond us, we, we can pray and God will do what we're not able to do. But we ought to rest and we see the robes, we see the rest and then we see the reason why has God not avenged their blood? The reason for that is because there's still more blood to be shed. There's still more people that are gonna go and they're gonna be martyred for their faith. And I thought about when I read that. These are future martyrs. These are those that are going to be martyred through the tribulation period. But do you know Christianity has always been marked by martyrdom? Amen. There's always been those that have given their life for the cause of Christ. I mean, you could go back to the days of, of Stephen and you could go back to the, in Bible days and James and, and we could talk about Andrew and Peter and Paul, all these that were martyred for their faith and, and gave their life for the cause of Christ. I think about missionaries like Jim Elliot and those that that gave their life for the cause of Christ. And I'm talking about on and on. We, we can read in Fox's Book of Martyrs and the Trail of Blood about all of those that gave their life for the word of God and the testimony that they held. Many of them crucified like our Lord, beat with clubs, stoned. I remember one, they put them in what was known as the iron bull. What it was, it was an iron bowl that had a door in the back of it. They would open that, that door. They would put those Christians inside that door. They would lock them up. And when they locked them up in that iron bowl, they would build a fire around them. And that bowl would begin to turn red. That iron would begin to get red. And it would begin to light up. And they would literally cook Christians inside the iron bowl. And when they sentenced them to the iron bowl, they knew what was going to happen. But yet they loved not their life unto death. They 
they went on in anyway. They went on in spite of it. In Nero's day, they would take young Christian girls and they would note them by their long attire and their long loose hair. They would take them and dip them in oil and they would tie a rope around their ankles and they would hoist them up in the Colosseum. Their long hair would drip down with the oil dripping off of them. They would take a torch and they would light their hair and Nero would light his Colosseum with human infernos of young Christian girls that would give their life for the cause of Christ. And here we are in America today and people think it's a sacrifice if they have to come to revival or come to Sunday school or come to church. I say shame on this generation. We will have to apologize to the martyrs before us and the 100,000 Christians that are martyred around the world right now presently every single year for their faith. I'm talking about the blood of the martyrs is as much real today as it will be in this day and it ever has been. What do you think about that this morning? You think about their sacrifice. When you look back at past martyrdom and you read Fox's Book of Martyrs and the Trail of Blood, I read where one writer said this. He said that after the Romans, after years and years, hundreds of years of persecution that Christians withstood, he said finally the soldiers got to the place that they grew weary of the butchering of Christians. Their hands grew tired of holding the swords. They said that when the, when the soldiers began to grow weary of butchering the Christians and when even the wild beasts that would come out and, and they, would, they would take those Christians and clothe them in skins and, and put them out there and feed them to the wild beasts that said even the wild beasts had got to the place where they had lost their appetite for Christians. They lost their appetite for human flesh. They had been fed so much that they had got to the place where even they had lost their appetite. The Colosseums, the crowds that once packed the Colosseums to come watch Christians be tortured for their faith and die. said the crowds grew weary of watching the tortures. But the writer said this. He said, when the hands of the soldiers had weakened and the beasts had lost their appetite and the crowds had diminished, said the Christians kept on singing. Said they kept on multiplying. They kept on preaching the gospel. In spite of all the blood that had been shed, in spite of all the death and the horrific stories, uh, said they just kept on growing and kept on multiplying, said they couldn't stomp out. Uh, that's why I said the blood of the martyrs uh, is the seed of the church. Uh, I'm here to tell you this morning, uh, this text proves this, uh, that even in the tribulation period, uh, there's gonna be those uh, that are gonna pay the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, they're gonna give their life for the cause of Christ. Uh, and here's what it all encourages about this morning, that no matter how dark this world gets, uh, no matter how wicked and how evil it gets, uh, there's always going to be a Bible thumping crowd somewhere uh, that's going to stand for what's right, uh, that will not bow their knee to bell uh, and will say, come what may, uh, I'll go on for Jesus, uh, I'll walk on and live for the cause of Christ. When I read it this morning, I thought to myself, dear God, help me. Help me. Help me to give all. I don't want to give some. I don't want to give what others, you know, somebody said this. I don't know if it was here or somewhere else just recently. I heard a preacher make this statement, how true it is. He said, you're, 
He said, we are not the Christian that others think we are. He said, we're not even the Christians that we think we are. He said, we're the Christians that God knows we are. I don't know what kind of a Christian I am this morning. Only God knows that. But I know this morning, I don't want to half-heartedly serve God to you. I don't want to pastor a church and draw a paycheck. I don't want to. I mean that with all my heart. If I've ever meant it in all my life, I mean it right now. I want to do what counts, don't you? Pay the price. Don't be satisfied at being an ordinary Christian. Don't be satisfied at just warming a church pew. Do something for God. You're something for God. My Lord, I I looked and I saw them kids this morning, three of them in the backseat of that car turned upside down, on its side, rolled three times. Smoke coming all in that car. And that daddy trying to crawl out the top of it. And that mother in the bottom trying to get her seatbelt off, turned upside down, blood running all over them. And I tell you what's in my mind right now. I saw the I see the faces of those three children pressed against that window and that smoke inside that car. And I can see the fear on all of them's face. They couldn't get out. They hurt. We pulled them out of that car, laid them out there on that driveway. The little boy was just shaking. I said, son, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. He said, I'm hurting. I'm hurting. Hurt. His nose was broke. He said, I'm hurting. I'm hurting. I said, you're going to be okay, son. Another boy laying there just, I said, you're going to be okay. And when the paramedics got there, I pulled their daddy aside. I said, What's your name? He said, my name's Daniel. I said, Daniel, where do you live? He said, I live right down here on the end of Johnson Road. I said, Daniel, if you died, where would you go? He dropped his head. He said, I'm not right with God, preacher. I said, I won't tell you God spared your life because he loves you. I saw them kids face in that car. And I tell you what goes through my mind this morning, that's nothing. That's nothing compared to the face that we're going to see of people that are going to go to hell. I'm telling you, if I gave every penny I had this morning, it would not be enough. God's not asking me to give every dime to my name this morning. You know what he's asking me to do? To give my life. To be a Christian every day. To not waste my youth. And to give it for the cause of Christ. Be a Christian every day. This morning as we stand. He said, preacher, I don't know if I can give my blood. Well, he ain't calling on you today to give you blood. He could. Don't worry about giving you blood. Let's be concerned about giving our life. Just giving our life. Just letting go of anything that attaches us to anything that's not attached to him. Giving our life for the cause. My brother Brian sings, if you need to come, you obey God this morning.